Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Are you one of the millions of people suffering from digestive issues? Do you have joint pain, brain fog, hair loss, or do you just feel tired all the time? Joining us next is Dr. Wendy Trubeau, who says it's not our aging body that's to blame. It's our exposure to daily toxins and heavy metals that's making us so sick and tired. From the endocrine-disrupting chemicals that's found in our food, water, and cookware, to toxins found in shampoos, body lotions, and cleaning products, it's really become a major cause of disease. And Dr. Trubeau will be discussing all this and about her new book, Dirty Girl, and she's going to share some tips on how to avoid and eliminate toxins that may be sabotaging our health. If you want to feel wonderful again and live life to its greatest potential, don't go anywhere. You're in the right place. This life-changing interview starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest received her MD degree from Tufts University in 2000 and has been practicing functional medicine since 2009. As a sought-after gynecologist, she's helped thousands of women find the root cause of their issues and reach their optimal health through her own struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues. She's developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise and detoxification and wholeness, wellness, and great health. And her new book is called Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wendy Trubeau. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you join us. You know, as I mentioned before we began, I think this is such an important topic, not discussed enough. So kudos to you for getting this word out. Share with us first, what inspired you to write Dirty Girl? (laughs) It's all personal, right? Well, I was happily entering perimenopause when I came home from this amazing trip to France and gained after the trip, so not in France, but after I came home, I gained nine pounds Half the hair on my head fell out, and I had a rash on my face that would not quit. And like any other human being, when that happened, I thought, okay, well, my thyroid must be off. So I checked it, and it was perfect. And then I said, okay, well, my hormones must be off because I'm 48. So I checked it, and they were perfect. Now I'm really perplexed, but I'm a functional medicine doctor. All disease starts in the gut. So then I did a stool test. By the way, those are very unpleasant tests to do, but I did the test, and it was better than I've ever seen. Now I'm really perplexed. So fast forward a few months, I heard this report on the radio that when Notre Dame burned, it released over 500 tons of lead dust into the air. And the closer you were to Notre Dame when it burned, obviously the more lead you got and the farther away, the less you got. Well, guess what? I had spent a week at the epicenter of the issue and then I came home and got sick. I then said to my husband, oh my gosh, I got a lead exposure. We all got a lead exposure because we were all there, but I was the one who was sick. So I tested and my lead levels were significantly higher, way positive. And then I decided, well, I'll test the other toxins. So I tested mycotoxins, which are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body. Kind of creepy to think about. Then I tested for things like gasoline fumes, flame retardants, nail polish, phthalates, plastics. And I had a ton of those things positive. And I looked at my husband and I said, I am such a dirty girl. And if I am the poster child for healthy living and I have all this, what does everyone else have who might not even be aware of what is around them and aware of why they're so sick? So we wrote the book to get the word out and also provide people with a roadmap for how do you start to claw back your agency and your ability to be healthy. 
Yeah, great about, you know, how, how many toxins we're exposed to that are just kind of within us. But, you know, as you share in the book, it can get overwhelming. Is there one in particular that you consider public enemy number one, the toxin that causes the most detriment when it comes to our health? Right, all of them. <laughs> I would say it depends. It's like the flavor of the week. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'll pick a fight with endocrine-disrupting chemicals because they are so pervasive and difficult to get away from. In fact, there was a review that stated that there were even endocrine disrupting chemicals in women's personal care products like tampons and pads, which is horrifying because that goes right up against highly vascularized tissue and your skin is a great absorber, so you're going to absorb. So today I would say if I had to pick one, I would pick endocrine disruptors because they make it harder for the body to stay in balance. They make it harder for the body to detox. And then they throw off our adrenals, thyroid, female and male hormones, our fertility. It's really pretty nasty overall. So I would pick that one. Yeah. You've personally dealt with gluten allergy. Let me get your view on why so many people have developed this gluten sensitivity. You know, our grandparents, they didn't have the issues that we have today with grains. Could our toxin exposure be why our gut can't properly digest gluten? As my almost 17-year-old says, totes my goat. So yeah, 100%. So think about gluten. There's a number of pathways we walk down. One, it's been hybridized. So it's not technically genetically modified. It's just been bred to grow faster, be drought resistant, not fall out over in heavy rains. And it only gets to like knee height. So when we think about these waving fields of grain that are four feet tall, it's a total old relic because the grain now only grows about a foot and a half. So that's one. But in the breeding, it made it more allergenic. So the gluten content was increased. That's part A. Part B, glyphosate was discovered in 1970, 1971, and quickly has become over the last, actually, it and I are pretty much the same age. And in my lifetime, it's become the most commonly used herbicide in the world. It doesn't directly harm us. It indirectly harms us by messing up our microbiome. And so the microbiome isn't as intact. Now, layer on, we're eating more of it. And so what you eat for breakfast? Cereal, bagel. So we're no longer eating sort of a home-cooked meal. We're eating something from a package. And then lunch is a sandwich and dinner is pasta. So we've gotten gluten all the time. Now, layer on that 30 to 40% of the population has the genetic risk to respond negatively to gluten. And layer on that we are a lot more interbred than we used to be. So it's no longer just the Jews, the Italians, and the Irish who are at risk. It's really the intermingling has spread our genes, good, bad, or otherwise. So we're a little more diluted, but we we also have more people with these genes. And so there's a lot of layers that go into this, but essentially we're eating it more. It's more allergenic. The herbicides alter the microbiome's efficacy, and many people are genetically at risk. Yeah, you talk a lot about that glyphosate in your book, that common herbicide that's been linked to the plethora of disease. But it seems, you know, the easy solution, people listening, well, I'll just eat organic food. And if you grow your own food, just avoid Roundup. But it's not that easy. Share why it's virtually impossible to escape the wrath of glyphosate. So think about your neighbors who have that beautiful yard, that beautiful green yard. Well, nature really loves diversity. Nature does not like monoculture. And so if you live near a farm, a golf course, a highway, an industrial plant, I'm straying a little bit from your question, or if you live in an area where people really value monoculture green yards, 
you're getting exposed to chemicals, particularly from the golf course, the farm, and if you live around people who love their monoculture green yard, then you're getting exposed to glyphosate. It's almost impossible to get rid of. It does last in the soil for years, up to years and years and years. And so it's very difficult, even once the soil has been sprayed, it's very difficult to get that out of the soil. Yeah, I read an interesting research showing 95% of all rainwater contains glyphosate. So these toxins are literally falling from the sky, even on your organic garden, folks, right? Yeah, so <laughs> this is where it's important to remember that there's no perfection. Perfection is a myth. That's only what you see on the Hollywood screen. So we're not looking for perfection. What we're looking for is improvement to a level that will allow your body to do the rest. So if you're not getting deluged under the waterfall of toxins throughout your day, you might be able to deal with the rainwater that's falling and giving you glyphosate on your organic garden. But because you have the alcohol, the sugar, the endocrine disruptors, the hair dye, the air and water quality that's poor, your body is just overloaded and cannot deal with the onslaught. So you have to start peeling it back so you can deal with it, the smaller exposures. Yeah. You know, when it comes to environmental toxins, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I read the FDA and the EPA saying contaminated food and water, there aren't a concern because these toxins fall within acceptable levels. First of all, who decides the acceptable amount of poison? That's even weird to say, but a 10-year-old drinking a glass of tap water with perfluorinated chemicals can't be grouped into the same category as a 230-pound adult drinking in the same glass. What's your views on consuming, quote, safe amount of toxins? You bring up a really good point because there's a lot of challenges with these studies. One, they're only studied one product at a time. So if they're looking at perchlorate or they're looking at Roundup, they're looking at what is it if you are literally only exposed to that? But we all know that's false. We're not only exposed to that. We have, like I said, a waterfall every day of wide exposures that often surpass what's considered to be a safe level. And so... I would say hold that with caution because they haven't looked at the level you're actually getting, A. It suggested that a lot of the studies around glyphosate far overstated what's safe and in reality that the level is like a fraction of what is approved, quote unquote. And then remember that we're getting exposed to all these other things because it's not in a vacuum. You're getting exposed to not one thing, you're getting exposed to 500 things in any given day. And that's where the body, the system breaks down. And not only that, it's, you know, yeah, maybe that one glass is fine, but what about that one glass six times a day in 10 years? You know, that's where it is also cumulative because aren't these, a lot of these chemicals called forever chemicals. So they build up, they don't just flush right out. So we keep accumulating more and more and more. And that's when I have a hard time saying, oh, okay, so that glass is safe. Yeah. But what about in five years, right? Yeah, it really is the cumulative effect over time. And don't forget over that time, we get less resilient as we get older. So we're less able to deal with the stressors that we're getting. You know, if you've ever had a toddler and they're hungry and they're tired, it's a really bad combination. So increasing toxic exposures with the process, the natural process of aging doesn't go very well together. So true. Now, there's so many supplements out on the market. There's binders, clays, teas, body wraps claiming to remove toxins from the body. What have you found that actually works when it comes to getting cleansed? Yeah, I love this question. Okay. I take supplements. Okay. So I take a lot of supplements actually, because the celiac has left me with terrible absorption. So I really flood the pump. However, what I will say is before you work on getting it out of you, you really want to stop getting it into you. 
So the most impactful things that people can do are clean up your air, filter your water, filter your air. Don't use construction materials that have high chemicals in them. Use clean construction materials. Don't do construction on homes built before 1978. If you live in a home with water damage, get it remediated because it's making you sick. Clean up your food, eat organic wherever possible. Clean up your beauty products systematically. And what I mean by that is as you run out, get something that the Environmental Working Group considers to be highly rated or even certified so that you can systematically remove the exposures that you have. So stop filling the pump, first of all. And then I would say you want to think about this when you're looking at removal. You've been accumulating toxins your whole life. So like a day of toxin removal is really great, but it's not going to move the needle. So look for things that are slow and steady and ongoing as opposed to something that promises we're going to remove this in a day. Well, that's not, that's not realistic. You need to be as methodical about getting rid of it as, I wouldn't say you're methodical getting it, but as you were in the obtaining of it, you need to be a methodical in removing it. Right. Are there any particular foods that people should eat more of that can help the body detoxify? Totally. Yes. Great question. So first off, minimize. Let's look at minimize and maximize. Minimize alcohol. It's never a popular thing to say, but minimize alcohol, sugar, processed food, packaged food, food that has artificial colors and flavors, particularly artificial sweeteners. So uh, stevia and monk fruit are naturally derived. Those are okay. But the other ones, a lot of them have been implicated in cancer promotion. So we don't want that. So get rid of those, minimize those. And then maximize whole unprocessed food that you recognize that doesn't have a label. It looks like itself. It's organic if possible. Cruciferous vegetables are fantastic for improving liver function at detox, but the liver needs a wide range of vitamins and minerals. So, you know, the RDA says eat five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day, but most people here eat five to seven servings of fruit except the fruits are great. They give you the fiber and the antioxidant, but they also give you a lot of sugar. So I usually say to people, aim for two pieces of fruit per day, lean towards berries if possible, lean towards less ripe bananas, and then aim for five to seven servings of vegetables, the green leafy cruciferous vegetables, not the starchy vegetables. You do need a little bit of it, but not tons. You really, but you cannot overdo it on green leafy cruciferous vegetables. Right. Good. So I read that cilantro is really good for detoxifying the body, but the sad thing is a lot of people uh, think it tastes like soap. (laughs) They've got that gene. I love it though. (laughs) We have a garden. We have an internal garden in our office. It's called G-A-R-D-Y-N and it grows hydroponically and and we were growing cilantro. So I took a piece. I'm like, yeah, I still don't like it. But parsley is equally as effective. So cilantro or parsley, depending on what your taste buds like. Great. One doesn't have that soapy taste to some. It's so funny how I'll love it and somebody will taste it. It tastes like soap. It's like, how? But there is that little genetic that makes them think it tastes like soap. You know, so if your kid's saying a curse word, you can wash your kid's mouth out with cilantro. (laughs) 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 And then you don't have those endocrine disrupting chemicals. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, what's the best way to diagnose whether someone has too many toxins in their body? Is there any blood or urine tests that you recommend? There's tons. We use urine in our practice. So we use provoked for metals testing. Typically, we're looking at lead, mercury, arsenic, cadmium. We include thallium, but it's a little lower on the list. But we use a baseline morning urine, and then we use a provoked urine where we give you a medication that pulls metals out of the system, binds to it, and allows you to urinate it out, pee it out. 
So we test for metals that way. And then for mycotoxins, environmental toxins, pesticides, herbicides, glyphosate, we're looking also at urine testing that we basically you take glutathione, which support is one of the key things that the liver uses to, to bind and detoxify toxins. And then you take a hot bath and then you pee. That's the test. And it looks at what are you, what are you holding? What are you holding on to? But you asked, you really asked a good question, which is how do you know if you have toxins? You know you have toxins if you live on this earth and if you are have any diagnosis, you have toxins. So when you say to me, I have difficulty losing weight, headaches, asthma, endocrine issues, meaning low thyroid, hyperthyroid, you have bad periods, heavy periods, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, diabetes, prediabetes, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune disease, degenerative disease, you name it, my response is you should look at toxins because toxins are super inflammatory. And what that means is you're going to manifest your symptoms in the way that your body is prone to. So for me, that was autoimmune. That was celiac. For my husband, it's weight gain and leaning towards diabetes. For someone else, it's degenerative disease, multiple sclerosis. So you really want to look at, do you feel freaking amazing? And if you don't, then you want to be suspicious of toxins. Especially autoimmune disease. Seems like everybody and their sons, grandparents, and cousins are having. I developed a severe gut autoimmune disease thanks to DuPont dumping toxic chemicals in our city's water supply. So I know firsthand it definitely, environmental toxins play a huge factor in autoimmune disease. Do you think that your celiac disease was linked to toxins, or do you think you had a trait for it? I have two genes for celiac. And my entire family has celiac. So what I will say is we have really hyper-turned-on genes. You know, they are really pro-celiac in our genetics. And then layered on top of it, I don't have good detox and I got a lot of exposures. I had mercury fillings for almost 40 years. Finally got them out a year ago. So yes, and I have two genes. So my lifetime risk of celiac was 1 in 16, which is pretty high. But the toxins didn't help. Right, And the toxins made my experience worse until I got a handle on them. It makes sense because a lot of people say we're a prisoner to our genes. But as you said, maybe the gene can be turned off. It depends if you throw the gasoline on those flames, then yes, you become what your DNA or destiny supposedly used to think that it was all DNA. Now we're learning, as you said, toxins, environmental stress play a big role, food we eat. How about neurogenitive disorders like dementia, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's? Is there any correlation to exposure to toxins? Totally. We use the Bredesen protocol in our practice. And essentially, the Bredesen protocol took the functional medicine approach to Alzheimer's and layered it on and said, okay, let's get systematic about this. If you have Alzheimer's, you want to look at your endocrine function that includes your thyroid, your hormones, because low or inappropriate secretion or autoimmune thyroid disease can absolutely make your brain not work. Then you want to look at infections, including Lyme disease and other tick-borne infections, as well as infections like CMV or Epstein-Barr. Then you want to look at someone's general mineral nutrient gut status, because those are the foundational approaches to health. And then lastly, toxins is another massive pathway you walk down to ensure that people don't continue to degenerate. I actually have a friend who owns an Alzheimer's reversing long-term care facility, and they do the MOCA test on people regularly, and they note statistically significant improvement in people's ability to perform on cognitive testing after they implement the changes that she puts in for people. So it is absolutely 
something we look at and just a plug that it's possible to slow and even reverse Alzheimer's if you put the right levers in place. Wow, interesting. Talk to us about body products. You mentioned that briefly before. You know, th- they contain toxins, some of these in our shampoo, our cosmetics, and other items. What should people look for when they're shopping for these things? Great question. So I'm a huge fan of the Environmental Working Group. So I use that like my Bible. I screw it up. Look, I'm human. And I screw things up, and it's almost impossible to stay away from plastics, but you do your best. And so what I recommend and do myself is anytime I'm looking at a new product, I look it up on Environmental Working Group. If I look at the ingredients and I'm not like, oh, yeah, there's three ingredients and I know what it is. This is particularly important for makeup and personal care products, shampoo, lotion, So it's really important because remember, your skin is your largest organ and it absorbs as well as detoxes you. So you want it to only absorb things that are that are healthy. Think of your skin as your body's stomach, right? It's going to absorb. So give it things that are happy. So I usually recommend going to the environmental working group and either looking for products that are certified by them as hyper clean or something that's in the, you know, has a one, two or three is still in the green zone and purchasing that. And People say to me, oh, it's so overwhelming. I have to change my whole life. And my response is, yes, but you don't have to do it overnight. You need to change your life because you don't want to die in 10 years having lost your mind and without control over your body. You want every decade to get better, healthier, more vital. So yes, you have to change your life, but you don't have to do it overnight. What I recommend is that as you run out of your under-eye cover-up, your dishwashing detergent, your floor cleaner, whatever it is, level up to something that's clean as you run out and then maintain that. And then when you run out of the next item, level up. Consistently level up over time. Great info. I know the Environmental Working Group, they have a CERT Clean program, and a lot of products actually have that on there when they said CERT Clean. So if they're putting that on there, that means uh, you can gravitate more toward that. What about like people going to the grocery store? Anything they should look for when they're reaching for food that would keep them kind of toxin-free? Yeah, so I would always recommend wherever possible, go again back to the EWG. They have a list of the Dirty Dozen. They are the top 12 foods that you want to make sure you get organic. And it shifts around from year to year. So you want to look every year. And then there's the Clean 15. These are the products that if you can't afford to go 100% organic, it's okay to get these ones non-organic. Things like avocados or papaya, you'll, you'll peel the skin off of them. So that's one place to start. And then the next thing that I think is really important is because most grains are contaminated with glyphosate, minimize your grain intake, you know. Even organic, they're contaminated, unfortunately. A lot of the chickpeas in the in the states and legumes, because they're grown in the ground, in water, they are contaminated. And so it's important that you do your best, right? Start where you are and then level up, but try to mm-hmm. avoid foods that are processed and not organic. I would say start there. Yeah, good stuff. During my research on the topic, my big aha moment was when I discovered that many of the commonly sold dental floss brands contain PFAS, which goes right into the gums, right to the heart, and that's what I used all the time. So I no no longer use those coated dental floss, but you're right. You got to play detective. We can't just be so trusting that these things we're putting in our mouth and our body and our skin is safe, right? It's it's no longer, well, if it's on the shelf, it must be safe. It must have been reviewed. No, that's not the case, correct? Correct. 100% correct. Yeah. Let me ask you, when somebody sees, this is another thing, BPA or PFO and all PFOS free on the label, should they breathe a sigh of relief and buy the product thinking it's toxin free or are these claims deceptive? 
deceptive. Definitely deceptive. I feel like I'm on a game show. You know, we're going to hold up the, the deceptive card. So here's the problem. When they get rid of BPA and PFOA and PF, PFAS, they're, they're substituting it with something else. I was snookered by this for a while. I was like, wow, that's so cool. You know, we got clean nonstick. Guess what? It is not clean. We had to get rid of it. So it's deceptive because they're replacing it with other forms that haven't been as studied. So they don't have the information about it yet, but it's just as toxic. Yeah, and that's how I got sick. They uh, had a toxic ingredient in Ohio, DuPont, that was uh, causing so many people to get sick and cancer. And they just changed it a little bit, called it something else. They called it Gen X instead of the C8, and then threw it into the river. And there's no laws against Gen X because it was a technically new chemical. And when they get in trouble and get the lawsuits, which they will, there's big class action lawsuits, and they'll change it again. So you're right. They substitute another bad product, sometimes a worse product, because I read some of these BPA substitutes are worse than what they're bragging they don't have. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> horrifying, honestly. That is true. Hey, if somebody wants to make one lifestyle change that we did discuss that has an impact on helping them protect themselves from the environmental toxins or overall, what would you recommend? Any other lifestyle change we can make? There's tons. I mean, you have tons of agency over this. It's hard for me to commit to one. I'm totally commitment phobic, but what I would vote is address what I'll call the foundations of your health. Make sure you get at least eight hours in bed, preferably nine, so that you get the quality of sleep you need. Two, de-stress. Get rid of toxic relationships. Get rid of toxic job, marriage, whatever that is. If you have relationships that are stressful, either fix them or get out of them. Move your body so you sweat regularly. Four to five times a week, you need to sweat. Poop every day, at least once. If you did those four things, that's like a really great start because that allows your body to start to detox. Yeah, such great info. Time just flew by, and the minute we have left, anything else you'd like to share with the listeners that we didn't discuss today? I think it's really important to remember, you have control over this. You know, you can't get rid of toxins completely, but you can get rid of enough toxins so that your body can heal. Don't forget that. You're in the driver's seat. Fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to talk dirty with us. So <laughs> so kudos to you for, like I said, bringing this ground-breaking uh, information in a very great book that I hope all of our listeners go out and grab, and I do wish you a continued success. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. The book is called Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins. Look great and feel freaking amazing. And to get your copy or to learn more about Dr. Wendy Trubeau, go to fivejourneys.com. And while there, be sure and check out all the great resources that she has available from informative videos, podcasts, articles, supplements, and recipes. That website, again, is fivejourneys.com. And you can follow her on Facebook at Five Journeys and on Instagram. She's at Five Journey Health. For my daily health post, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. And on Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Trubeau share something today that somebody you know needs to hear, send them a link to this podcast, available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com, and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments of interest with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. As I always say, sharing is caring. Don't keep this info to yourself. You can also subscribe to our podcast at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned, stay well, and get cleaned.